Unfortunately, we have a reason to have a third episode a lot sooner than I thought we would, Matt. Uh, this is That's Discussing, part of the Throw the Flag Network. It's been a horrifying week, and a lot of us have been busy. Uh, but thankfully, I'm actually very, very happy that, that Matt had uh, had time to do this tonight. We're going to... A lot, lot of terrible shit happened. Las Vegas was horrible. We're going to sidestep the 19-hour debate over gun control and how we've evolved on those positions over the years and whether or not 59 dead Americans and five to 600-plus Injured Americans uh, in Las Vegas, which is where you're going next week, yeah. Hankins. Yeah. Um, whether, whether that will be motivation enough to for for Congress to do anything? No, the answer on. is no. So we can just move right past that. The answer is no. If if, uh, if twenty if twenty dead babies in Connecticut, that, yeah, that yeah, ain't nothing yeah. happening. But yeah, yeah, can't be. They're so we're we're gonna we're gonna save you from that. But um, something that was. Kind of really was one of those. Are you are you are you fucking kidding me? World. Yeah. Uh, when uh, TMZ and then CBS prematurely posted that Tom Petty passed away, then multiple news organizations uh, reported that he was clinging to his life, and eventually, I believe around ten thirty Pacific time on God Monday. Found right. That <laughs> seems like that, that, he that was, was when that was. We're recording this on Wednesday night, October fourth. It, it seems like a million years ago, but October I, 4th. I will. S- yeah, uh, what did I say? November? No, you said October. I said it was October. Okay. Oh yes, yes, yes. Of course. Um, this one hurts, uh, Tom Petty. I, whenever anybody has ever asked me, you know, who are your top five artists? I've always said, thanks to you, Hankins, Bob Dylan. Um, other people, I was, I was, thankfully I got into Tom Petty earlier, you know, Rolling Stones. I, and I, you know, if, if I, I always struggle to, to put on the, the other two and it's usually some rotating version, the white stripes are always on there. The strokes are always on there. Uh, thank God I abandoned Weezer. Whew. Um, and as much <laughs> as I love to put the boots to you for your musical taste, I will say this. <laughs> You're not a Johnny come lately on Tom Petty. You were down no, for I, as long as I've known you. You have been down. Yeah. What's the playback? I can't think of a day yeah. we sat at work next to each other where you didn't play three quarters of I, that every day. <laughs> I'm actually really annoyed because I, I got rid of Spotify and and this is not obviously not a commercial for Spotify, but I have Amazon Unlimited. Spotify, when you want to jam hard as fuck. Except no substitute. Spotify. <laughs> hashtag Arby's Dope as Hell. Hashtag Spotify. Dope as Hell. Hashtag um, Arby's Dope as Hell. 
Um, but I am annoyed because they only have Damn the Torpedoes. They only have mm. Full Moon Fever. They mm. only, you know, they only have the studio albums. And they don't have playback. And it's like, you know. Uh, You're going to be stuck uh, with a record. Damn the Torpedoes ain't a bad one to be stuck with. Oh, for sure. For sure. But um, with with playback, I mean, you have stuff that's not on those studio records. But, um, you know, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm rambling, but. Tom Petty passed away from a heart attack, 66 years old, which is relatively young. If you live as hard as he did, uh, good for him for making it that long. I don't think I'll, I'll make it that long, but um, I am, uh, like I said, this one hurts. I, I, I haven't cried. I can't remember the last time I cried at a celebrity, if you want to call him that, dying. Um, it's, it's painful because, you know, you, you immediately see everybody, you know, tweeting, oh my gosh, the guy wrote the waiting or the guy wrote, I won't back down or the guy wrote, uh, you don't know how it feels. And of course I love all those songs. You don't know how it feels more than any of those other two, but man, the guy, Tom Petty wrote an entire soundtrack to a mid nineties, Jennifer Aniston romantic comedy and it's fucking solid from top to bottom. Yeah, I mean his last couple records were good. We when he could have right 2014. Been them in. 2014. You and I. I remember walking to work in D.C. calling you, and I said, "I think I said, I'm sorry to call you so early. I just heard a fucking new Tom Petty song yeah. in 2014 that we have to talk it's, about. Yeah. Fault lines. Yeah, fault it's lines really from good. whatever record that. <laughs> it's the last DJ was nuts. spectacular. Yes, I agree. Oh, God, it's so good. No, man. um, Like, you were certainly more into Petty than I was. Um, Yeah. Well, that's because, I mean, the argument could be made, and and, uh, certainly back then, I I think I referred to Tom Petty as the poor man's Bob Dylan. Um, I don't think he is. Uh, I, I I think that's that's an easy thing to say, just as easy uh, as saying, I'm not going to go to a Bob Dylan concert because I can't understand what he's saying. Yeah. I do have a problem in my life musically where if, if someone is in a vein and I really like them, I typically don't have a lot of people in the same vein. Like I spread it around, but all that is to take nothing from Tom Petty because I'm here to tell you, um, I couldn't name you 10 better songs than Southern accent. Um, it's a quote from Johnny cash, but I feel exactly the same way about it. That, Southern accent summed up what it felt like to be from where I was from more so than any, you know, sweet home Alabama or anything like that. Southern accent yeah. just felt like, yeah, he gets it. Um, and that that's the thing about Petty that, and I've been listening to a lot of people talk about it, so I'm probably going to be repeating some other people's opinions. So well, everything's not going to yeah. be mine. But, like, his ability to be Florida man. Yeah. Understand that I those mean, were his people and not, not, t- not tut tut them. And I think there's something cool about that. You know, he played with a rebel flag I mean, behind him for a long time or, you know, that was a part of the thing, but never once did I think that that was Tom. It was just, Hey, these are my folks. And by God, you know what? I was born into this. They love me and I might not always agree with them. But by God, they're mine, and I'm never going to turn my back on them. 
and I again, you know, this is and I I know AL.com, uh the the Alabama statewide newspaper owned by a giant conglomerate. Uh th- I mean, you know, they p- put out an article, you know, yesterday saying you know, he, he, this Florida man came out and, you know, this was not necessarily a banner that he celebrated. I mean, you look at probably Rebels is his most Confederate oh, tilted God, song. Fucking great song. And it's, <laughs> and it, it does not do, it's so fucking it's, good. And it does not apologize mm-hmm. or endorse anything. It, it is, this it is just, it, is. it sings about it. And it's not what, that's not what, mu- and, and that's what's me, mu- that, that is what music is supposed to do. It, it doesn't. I don't know. I this one hurts. Man. Yeah, and it's, I, it's uh, uh, you never know which ones are going to hurt the worst. As we were talking before, um, I'm just a crazy Dylan fan, and I've tried to be. Yeah. I've prepared myself for the last ten years for the inevitable. Um, and so you kind of under you know the big ones. Like last year, um, a lot of my friends went through it with Prince. You know that was their guy. Yeah. I love David Bowie, but with and I, I'm getting to a point. I promise y'all, um, Bowie, Prince, you have lost me yet. Haggard all died relatively together. You know, it was the 2016 was killing everybody, um, and I love all three of those artists. And Haggard and, and Bowie are as important to me as as any other artist that I can think of. But they are so incredibly talented, and so far out there that you somehow I think of Tom Waits and I think of Dylan in the same vein is they almost are superhuman like you you don't really think of them as a part of your species they're that good Um, Petty falls into that vein in a lot of ways but he somehow managed to be relatable and he felt like a dude that if you just bumped into would hang out with you and also during that Bowie Haggard Prince, that time, Guy Clark died. And that's the one that punched me in the gut. Like you're saying, you don't know who who you'd cried about. I don't think I've ever cried at a celebrity death aside from Guy Clark's. Because there is something to great artist versus um, overachiever a little bit. And I feel like Petty was an overachiever. He wasn't a spectacular guitar player. Um, He didn't... He didn't do giant big stage shows. Um, aside from like, aside from his MTV run where he was the king of music videos, and he certainly was. Aside from Fuck that, yeah, he, he just felt like a Fuck dude. Yeah, he was. And man, if you can feel like a dude and also be very good at writing songs, then you you carve out this niche that that that's hard to shake. And. <sighs> New York Times has a has a very good article on him. It's uh, Tom Petty. Uh, uh, well, <clears throat> sorry. Um, I think the the actual headline is Tom Petty: A Mainstay of Rock with the Heartbreakers dies at sixty six. Uh, the third paragraph down is what really hit me the other day. It's recording with the Heartbreakers, the band he formed in the mid seventies. And on his own, <laughs> before Mudcrutch, uh, Mr. Mr. Petty wrote pithy, hard-headed songs that gave a contemporary clarity to his 1960s roots. His, vo- his voice was grainy and unpretty, with a Florida drawl that he proudly displayed. 
His songs were staples of rock radio for decades. And like you said, videos, Hankins. And with hits like Refugee, Don't Come Around Here No More, Free Fallen, Into the Great Wide Open, Mr. Petty sold millions of albums and headlines. You just named well, three or four songs right there. That yeah, anyone I'm, I'm could not going to list my top on. ten. <laughs> they could have retired on that. If there was a guy named John and, uh, Don't Come Around Here No More, I will always put in my top ten. But who had the written other ones, any of those songs, he could retire off of that. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, it, it It's insane. John, John Caram Mencia, uh, Carlos Mencia wrote this. Uh, uh, t- <laughs> this this was the article I was looking for. Uh, was definitely looking for that that paragraph that I that I just read, but uh, Tom Petty, an unfussy rock star who kept his tenacity undercover, and I mean, this is the guy that made me like Stevie Stevie Nicks when I found out that she was on uh, uh, the apartment song, yeah, on Full Moon Fever, yeah, and I didn't know it was her. Um, it's I mean, if you there are times I think that I've texted you. Not like completely stone sober at like three o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the afternoon, probably at my desk saying, hey, man, have you ever really listened to Don't Come Around No More? When he that's a very good when this guy comes into it and he says, I'm sorry to cut you off. But when he says when this like yearning into this, I could probably look back in my text or or Gmail and and, and find exactly what, what I wrote to you. But it was, you know. When he when he starts singing, "Honey, please don't come around yeah. here anymore," you 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 fucking feel it, yeah. man. Hey, that hey, that fucking hey, seriously, with the coming around here, stop. <laughs> and it's like, and it's like he wanted to hide that with that fucking with the kooky Mad yep. Hatter yep. and the Alice he in Wonderland didn't want carnival. Us to know. He he he. And I, you know, that's that Florida thing again, right? That's that thing of. I know I'm super sensitive. Don't you make me like Florida, Tom Petty. <laughs> Don't you make me do this. Well, but it's, it's that. motherfucker. It's, it's masculinity. It's, it's Southern. It's that thing of being very sensitive and being very, yeah. and being able to emote very well, but not being able to hide it because you're in a, you're, you're, you're a strong dude. You're, you're the guy that was in mud crutch and you're in front of this. Here's another thing that cannot get lost in the sauce here. Um, for us to be able to lost talk- in the sauce is probably a really fucking <laughs> probably great, great- side that Tom Petty put <laughs> yeah, out that we didn't absolutely. hear of yet. Um, but to front a band, well, I'm lost in the, sound. In the sauce. I went Dylan. <laughs> um, but I I tried to stay away. From but it. to front a band as great as the Heartbreakers and still be the guy that's known. And it, you know it depends on yeah. your level of. Uh, Mike Campbell is one of the best rock guitarists that ever was. Mm-hmm. Bitmont Teach mm-hmm. is incredible at keyboards. That four-hour documentary <laughs> that so good. that you forced me to watch. Yes, as you like, have to watch this because the Heartbreakers themselves are amazing. But still, and that's it's that hide it away, hide it away. He he rarely ever bared his soul to us, and and when he did, it was always under some sort of mask of a kooky hat or you know whatever. But. Um, Always, yeah. always. I, I I watched the you know I I listened to it. Um, I I recently bought a new car and I I now have the ability to plug in my <laughs> phone and listen to what I want and stuff like that. And I the first song I listened to was uh, you don't know how it feels, and I was like, damn, this is I forgot how fucking good and the song is. You were making the point earlier that that cannot be overstated because he was a rock radio staple. 
because those songs sound like they're almost like jingles for your life. You know, they're, they're things you yeah. put on the background. You 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 don't listen to them, but you have to pay attention to them because some of them just burn you like American I mean, Girl, I, right? Um, that thing of longing and wanting to get out of here, not hating where you're from, a, but wanting some more, is a there is a fantastic. Sorry, you I'm go. Just go. Get stuff. in there. We're having a, this. Is that's disgusting? There is no I, format here. <laughs> I, 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 I read an article that like that. I maybe it's because I ever clear covered it once, but I've I've always kind of shied away from American Girl. But I that fucking song is I great, read article, dude. <laughs> I mean, it's untouchable. The, the song is untouchable. It's great. It's fucking got those killer drums, and then there's that bass the, breakdown. The, the way. The way that he structures the lyrics, um, and I mean, you know, it's it, it it's those it's those songs where you know we we, we uh, as you guys probably if you're listening to this you've listened to our other podcasts and you know um, we we make fun of um, uh, we make fun of you know my my poetry writing in high school as we should <laughs> and. Uh, I've always like wanted to like play with putting not necessarily ending a sentence on a line. And there is, you know, an American girl where it's, you know, she was an American girl raised on promises. She couldn't help thinking that there was a little more yeah. to life somewhere yeah. else. And I, I think actually in that stanza, it's after all, there was a great big world with lots of places to with lots of places to run to, yeah. And if she had to die, trying, she yeah. had one little promise she was going to keep. And it's you know it's just that that decision to to put a line break into die and trying when die and trying is was a phrase long before Curtis Jackson <laughs> <laughs> popularized it. But it, I mean, and it's and, and that story, the American Girl story. Is the way that it's told in there is, oh man, I really hope this girl makes it. Where you juxtapose that with free falling, and the guy in free falling is basically having the same feelings, but you kind of hate that bastard because he's mean to that sweet hometown girl in Reseda. And that, and I mean, Hankins, who who are the bands that we, I mean, you know, you you, you can you can say that Dylan influenced Petty. You can say. Anyone influenced Petty, but who are the bands that we, you know, specifically in that narrative where you don't know whether or not to root for the girl? I mean, that's just Pulaski by Mike Gooley yeah, and the Yeah, you Drive don't know. Truckers. Yeah, it's he tapped into the a story that is relatable all over, and and specifically in American Girl. I mean, it could be an eighteen year old girl going to L.A. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, a a 40-year-old soccer mom. It could be an 85-year-old woman in Connecticut looking back on our life. Yep. Yeah. And, man, and you tell me. And we've known all of those. Absolutely. Every one of them. And you tell me what's a better opening to any song than it was nearly summer. We sat under the roof. We smoked cigarettes and we started (laughs) coming. That shit right there. The song could stop right there. And every one of us could <laughs> finish it out. Too could finish it out with our own life. Even the losers yeah. get lucky sometimes, dude. That's as fucking great as anything. And I remember, I, I have a very distinct memory of I heard a 
Whew, I guess it would be a post-drive-by truckers pre-exploding Jason Isbell. Play that in Sheffield, Alabama one night. Get the hell out of here. And, uh, Where? Oh, God. So, like, I, it was... Whatever that fried food place was. <laughs> it it was Japanese, not the what you call. Um, and it was not the... Ta- I don't know where. It was some... It was a bigger deal because I think it was a record release party. It was probably the official record yeah. release for Sirens of the Ditch. Um, and our favorite band, Sons of Roswell, opened it oh, up so is, and yeah. beat the hell out of a security guy because they didn't want to let somebody... At any rate... Um, <laughs> but they had, they had gone to Encore and Isabel to come back by himself and he lights into that song and I just could not place it. I could not place what it was. And I asked this girl, I was like, hey, yeah, who is this? Yeah. She's like, Tom Petty. And it's like, oh, I do feel like an asshole. And I've never forgotten yeah, I that. hate that feeling. <laughs> I hate that feeling so much. But I have loved that song ever since. It's so, fuck, damn the torpedo. Like, I get into this thing where I have to listen to at least the first six or eight songs of Damn the Torpedoes um, once, once a week. When it gets on you, it gets on you. It's oh, just the normal yeah, yeah. noises for, for in sure. there. <laughs> for some reason, that's how that song starts, oh, too. With a drum roll. And some Florida hick saying, it's just the normal noises down there. And then... It's really... It's really fucking good, man. And you talk about a career that anybody would trade for. Yeah, there's nobody that wouldn't take the Tom Petty career. It's nuts. He was he was 26 when uh, when uh, uh, self titled came out. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. <laughs> um, also a it, great logo, it, by the way. Uh, just Tom Petty with that fucking that flying V guitar. guitar. Fucking great. Everything about it's great. Piercing the heart, but you can still see like the. Do you mind? Uh, is it too structured if we go through the the discography right now, Come starting with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers? <laughs> All right, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers debut album released November 9th, nineteen seventy six. Forty one years ago. Jesus. <laughs> when, um, so uh, I I can go through the the um the track listing, but the. Uh, you know, first is rocking around with you, which I don't think I could place on a map. But number two is breakdown. Breakdown. Another Jason staple at Lafonda. Breakdown, honey, take me through the night. Breakdown. Hometown blues is also fucking fantastic. I don't know if you remember that I, song. I can't. But I, I, I'm assuming it's his one of his classic typical blues uh, shuffles. It's. <laughs> it's it. It, it it's so it's so gross and like uh like like straw straw string like Mississippi yeah. bullshit and it's so awesome, um, wild one forever anything that's that's rock and roll, uh, and then American Girl was track ten, but so your your main ones are your main hits are going to be breakdown anything that's rock and roll anything that's rock and roll is all right all right uh and then American Girl is number ten. And when you put American Girl on your first record, I mean, we're talking about it 41 years later. <laughs> and it shows up in Silence of the Lambs, and I think American Graffiti and everything else that was ever cool. And I also I mean, I end, uh, I end every 4th of July wrestling show with American Girl. It's just a beautiful song. Um, so this is Hometown Blues. By Tom Petty. Hometown 
Um, that is something that I think the reason why I know what it is that's not a single on <laughs> Tom Petty and Heartbreakers first record is is just because it was on playback, which is mm-hmm. goddamn <laughs> your favorite record ever. <laughs> and I, I, you, you know what, you know what hurts me to, <laughs> to be such a fan of a greatest uh, greatest hits, but. Uh, <laughs> After after self titled was you're gonna get it, released May second, my father's birthday, nineteen seventy eight. Uh, that's gonna be I need to know and listen to her heart, which I think are I think this is just the time when Tom Petty kept losing women to uh, Ike Turner, because <laughs> listen to her heart was written about somebody that. Somebody that he, some woman that he was competing against Ike Turner for, and it was, you know, you think you're gonna take her away with your with your money and your cocaine, cocaine. and did he did? <laughs> <laughs> um, but then we get to Damn the Torpedoes, 1979, October 19th, and I mean, you know, it's. To have you know several singles, this is this is his third record, and this is like it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Don't do me like that. Is is going to be in any top ten that I have? I mean, who wants to be done like that? Nobody does, right? Everybody likes being comfortable. God. <laughs> um, it is. I mean, this is exhausting. Just going through his. I mean, we're only at 1981. And we hadn't hit a music video Hard, yet. Hard Promises is The Waiting. Maybe that was a music video. Mm. Another fucking great song. And Hard, Prom- Hard Promises is a probably a pretty throwaway record in the, in the grand scheme of things. Long After Dark was the, the next year. Um, that was You Got Lucky. Change Your Heart. Same old you, not a lot of not a lot of single, and then Southern Accents is three years later in eighty five. The fucking cover is great. <laughs> um, it is. It, it really is. Everything about that record is so spot on. Um, I I will say that I'm, 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 I'm Rebels sorry, is on that like record you, too, right? Rebels is is the first. Track. Rebels and Southern Accent are on the same record. Um, you can stop. After that, you have done enough <laughs> don't, for the world. Don't come around here. No rebels. Don't come around here no more. And Southern accents respectively are one, three and four yeah. On, yeah. On, the, on the first side of that. In of the that interest record. of fairness, I will say if he does have a shortcoming, the album, <laughs> this is a, a incredible nitpick, but the albums tended to be front loaded. I don't know who was the arranger on these things. Yeah, but they always front loaded them, and that might just be a difference in the time too. I don't know if there sure. was maybe you maybe there was a time where that the prevailing idea was you put all the possible singles right up front. I, you know, whatever. But that is my only gripe. Is usually after about six songs, I've been rocked so hard that anything <laughs> after that is just going to fall through by the wayside. The only thing I will say is, but you, you know, you said six songs. Uh, track number f- or n- the track number five, which is the first one on side two, is 
I'm going to say top three for me, which is make it better, forget about me, which is I don't believe that it's four minutes long because <laughs> I, 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 I I wake up like uh, Guy Ritchie and fucking Memento and I'm like, what, what just happened? What just happened? It's it's so like it 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 shows up. It, it punches you in the mouth. But, you know, I mean, if you you know, you said no one would you, you have said that no one would trade their career for Tom or, you know, no one would do anything for uh, everybody would take the petty career. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you. (laughs) Um, or anybody could, you know, just take one of these Mm -hmm. singles and then that would be it. I mean, if, if four of the first five tracks of Southern accents is killers, they're killers. Don't come around here no more. Southern accents and make it better. Um, Hankins, you, you may or may not be, uh, incredibly familiar with make it better, but I, I highly, highly, highly suggest you check it out. Um, it is without a doubt top three for me for, for petty. Um, it's, it's just so good. And it was, again, it was cause of playback. I didn't hear it off Southern accents. It was because of playback. Um, two years later, let me up. I've had enough. <sighs> Kind of, kind of throwaway. I mean, jamming me is good. I think Dylan was on that. What what year was that? Uh, Eighty. There you go. Eighty. Everybody was stumbling in yeah. the dark. That's, you know, <laughs> that's when when were the traveling Wolverines? We're coming up in and around that time. Like eighty eight, eighty nine. I'm not, I'm not sure about the year, but it's, it's around that time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Him and Dylan were, you know, they're pals, and they're, they're the fucking heartbreakers. Dylan's back in band, and Dylan's not at his best. Were they? Yeah. I actually didn't yeah. know that. Uh, oh, well, wow. that's that story that... Um, they played with him on tour? Yeah. That's that story that, that Jacob Dylan tells about being on the tour with him as a young boy, standing on the side stage with Tom Petty's daughter and watching his dad, Bob Dylan, and Tom Petty do something together and just nudging... Uh, Tom Petty, Darner's hand. Can you believe your dad's Tom Petty? <laughs> <laughs> that is so. Oh God! But that's that's who he was. He like you know everybody wanted to work with him. Uh, if Dylan gets along with you, that says a lot about you. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he is not easy to get along with. Well, that's that that goes back to like the New York Times article that that I was mentioning earlier it's like you know he was he was an unfussy rock star that didn't like to he he didn't he didn't like to make waves but he also didn't but like he to, did to he show was, that he yeah, didn't make waves right. he like he was cool but he was also he also didn't give a shit about anything and and was very particular you know i would imagine that some of the heartbreakers had times where they wanted to choke him because he was very particular, oh, yeah. and he could sure. be standoffish and all those things. And, you know, one of the big parts of that long documentary is, or it might even be a behind-the-music, to be quite honest, when he decided that the record company shouldn't charge thirteen ninety nine for the album. He thought yeah. it should be nine ninety nine, and and he that was you just didn't do that. Um, but he wasn't a pushover, but... Jesus Christ. He's fine. But, yeah, that, that period in the 80s... All those guys had they burned it so hard. It's like look at the, look at the number of records you've read off from when he started to where we are in this in this point in the time. And we're line. only in nineteen right. Nobody works that hard anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. 
No. And they never I mean, stopped touring. They were always out. It was a hard life. And, I mean, at some point, you just kind of burn up all your creativity. Is, this is eight, eight, rec- eight records in... 11, uh, seven records in 11 years. And we're at seven records, and there are people who, who cried just like you did at that point. Yeah. And we haven't named a Tom Petty song that's their favorite yet. That has a video. Right, that hadn't even been out yet. Right. We hadn't even hit the point where he exploded. Which is, which is, uh, <laughs> this is a great segment. <laughs> Into our next. <laughs> oh God! Uh, I know what the word segue means, but or I know that segue means segue. So this this New York Times article, and this is going into the next record, which <laughs> which makes it uh, eight in fifteen years, which is less 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 uh, less impressive than. Seven and eleven years. There are people but can who you imagine? get cell phones more often, or excuse me, less often than Tom Petty put out records during this period. Yeah. Um, in nineteen eighty five, Tom Petty the rock star became Tom Petty the music video star with a fantastical clip showing the slow groan "Don't Come Around Here No More," in which he played a kooky Mad Hatter and Alice in Wonderland themed carnival. That might be exactly what I said earlier. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I think I said kooky and carnival. Fucking anyway, uh, the and you know using instruments that nobody would have used on rock radio, twelve string guitars and sitars and all that. There's a sitar in that. Being unapol—that's the other thing about Petty is he was unapologetically true to his influences. You know, well, so here's the thing though. Like you know that, I mean because. As we get into the the record, into the Great Wide Open, on the single, into the Great Wide Open includes includes a line that says the A and R man said, "I don't." Hear I a was single. just about to say he even took the time out to teach us about the record <laughs> industry. <laughs> the A and R man said, "I don't hear a single," and like that stuck with me forever. It's like, oh, there's a guy who decides what songs come out. It's just not the you know. There's a dude. There's somebody job. Somebody's job is to is to pick what these songs are. And if you don't have a single, that's terrible. 1985. And the that importance was a of visuals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the that's my favorite part. The importance of visuals, thanks to the emergency MTV, was just becoming apparent. And Mr. Petty languorously rose to the occasion for the video, which was far more intriguing than the song itself. One of Mr. Petty's bigger hits was his band, the was with his band, the Heartbreakers. He wore a goofy burgundy top hat and blazer and peered out lazily from behind oval sunglasses, turning spacey frivolity into one of music videos' first genuinely strange trips. Tom Petty was an unfussy rock and roll superstar who was always more savvy than he cared to appear. That is the that is the one sentence that I've that I've read. That is. So encompassing of him, mm-hmm. he is an unfussy rock and roll star who was always more savvy than always to understood it, how to get himself over without appearing to be getting himself over. <laughs> this, I mean, uh, I w- one of my favorite lines from uh, Aaron Sorkin's Sports Night, which I've shared with you a lot of times, is um, uh, there's this one. Well, I guess a scene, but. Uh, 
one one sportscaster is asking another. Dan asks Casey, well, you know, you like this girl. What's your plan to get her? And his plan is Napoleon's battle plan. Show up, see what happens. And that just seems to encompass Tom. They should have just called it Tom's <laughs> battle plan. <sighs> 1985. Ooh, sorry, 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 sorry. Uh 1991, I don't know why I keep saying 85, 85 with Southern accents, 91 Into the Great Wide Open was the eighth studio album by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Um, my, I, I listened to it earlier, and uh, that includes the, the interlude from uh, Full Moon Fever. So at the, at, at the end of side one, Full Moon Fever, there is a... There's a bit where Tom Petty says, hello, cassette listeners. This is where if you owned a record, <laughs> you would flip a blah, blah, blah. And they and uh, at the end of uh, I forget which track it is, but Tom Petty comes in and says, hello, CD listeners. <laughs> um, but learning to fly into the great wide open, all or nothing uh, out in the cold built built to last is so damn good. King's Highway's track too, and I mean, even for me, I, I, you know, I don't really care about King's Highway, but it's it's still all those good. songs are so open. They're big, open chords. Just they're they literally are giant. They're 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 landscapes of songs. Like there's the, the yeah. sound itself into is the great giant. wide open man. It's just a giant sound. It feels like the fucking whole world's in front of you. I remember driving to work one time. Um, We're on the street and that you're about to go solo. That's fucking oh, that's so good. <laughs> I remember driving to work one time and it was, I was I, I was working like the morning like breakfast shift at a at a, a hotel restaurant and driving to work at like four forty five five fifteen in the morning. Alabama during the summer. I was off for summer vacation for college. And, you know, it's it's one of those weird, like, Alabama misty, humid summer mornings where it's, like, for some reason, it's, like, 55 mm-hmm. degrees, but you could drink the air. <laughs> and you're driving through, and I was going to pick up my friend that worked for me, and it was in these windy roads. And as I was listening to Learning to Fly, um, when the chorus hit, I swear to God, a bird swooped in front of my <laughs> windshield and flew in front of my car until the chorus was over. And I was like... <laughs> I don't know if I believe in God, but I believe in something right now. And I tell you, Tom Petty just narrated that. And that's honestly like I, I've 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 cried three times uh, once when it happened earlier today, and third time on this podcast earlier when we first started. But it's it, it's silly because man, he ain't gone. No, <laughs> like, no, there's. I mean. Nothing to we, cry we, about there. I mean, like where the mark is. It's he's one of the last to have left a mark this substantial. That's the real sadness in the deaths that we are. That as we grew up in a time where there were probably more stars, just because media got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and so. By the just by math principles, um, people have less of an impact, and you know you can pick because I don't want to be mean to any artist, but you pick out somebody who's on the charts right now. Odds are you're not going to be talking about them 
Fucking Selima go- Selena yeah, Gomez. You know, or, and Rock God. is essentially dead. Basically, Rock is we yeah. Big Rock is certainly dead. It it exists in small pockets, and there are certainly bands that I love. But um, there will be people who love artist X, Y, and Z. Um, but it won't be this mass thing, and we it won't be the common touchstone that all of us have to know exactly what it feels like to be on a road trip. And fucking running down a dream comes on. We yeah. all understand what it feels like to be in a car. And and it, it it transcends musical genres, you know. If there are so many people who just liked uh Last Dance with Mary Jane because they love smoking them tweeds. <laughs> um, God, we can't even haven't even gotten to you that. You know, yet. you don't know how it feels. It's always gonna be let's get to the point and roll another yeah, if you were listening on certain sure, radio yeah. stations. <laughs> I just, I mean, I, I remember getting ready for school and VH1 was always on and I, I was probably in like first or second grade and this was, you know, about the time that Winnie Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody was on and um, like Ico Ico by whatever fucking band did that. <laughs> um, and and whenever that came on, I would always sing along and my sisters would be like, like tell my mom I said the word hell because I, I, I said because I was singing along saying, you can stand me up at the gates of hell. And, uh, uh, God damn, I love you, Tom Petty. Um, learning to fly King's Highway into the great wide open. Um, I have on my TV right now, don't come around here no more, even though that's records ago, which is nuts. Um, All or Nothing is a fantastic song that was written by Tom Petty, Mike Campbell, and Jeff Lynn. God, Jeff, Jeff Lynn. <laughs> Jeff Lynn, <laughs> you know the guy from ELO, it's, the L in ELO. It <laughs> it's it's crazy, man. Um, Built to Last. Also, if 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 anybody has not really taken a moment to listen to Built to Last, it's just one of those non rock and roll Tom Petty songs that are just the sweetest damn thing in the world, man. That guy could write a love song. All of them seemingly were somehow. He was in love with something in just about every song. Honey, please. Don't come around here no more. Um, but, you know, uh, we, we haven't hit Full Moon Fever. The, so these are all Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers albums. And we'll we'll get to Tom Petty solo albums after this. Um, actually, no, let's, let's go ahead and do that now because... Uh, we we passed over Full Moon Fever from '89. Um, sorry, I was looking at Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. I was wondering where the hell that was. <laughs> uh, Full Moon Fever is where Free Fallen comes out. I won't back down. A face in the crowd, running down a dream. You're so bad. The apartment song. All right for now. Zombies. The Tom Petty himself said. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. If I hadn't put Zombie Zoo on that record, it would have been perfect. <laughs> Did he really <Yes>. say that? <laughs> fuck. Fuck Tom Petty. <laughs> Zombie Zoo is a fantastic song. Oh, I listened to it today. It's a good song to dance to because it has a very odd time signature. <laughs> you look like Bar. You. Oh my god. Uh, I love Zombie Zoo so much. Something, something, something. You don't even care. 
you look like Boris. You shaved off all your hair. You look like Boris Karloff, and you don't even care. <sighs> but the same guy that wrote all those other songs also wrote that silliness. Mm-hmm. Because why not? The apartment song. That's the one with Stevie Nicks on it. You're so bad is fantastic. I mean, I remember my when like a girl put that on a mix CD for me in high school and I, w- I, had, I had never given her a second look before that and I was like oh it's on it's on now Kim this is on now uh, facing the crowd running facing the crowd dream. is a fucking great song <laughs> it is I mean th- these these are these are the days where 6 out of 12 songs are going to be singles yeah yes and videos to boot yeah I mean, um, we can't. Free fall and falls into that American girl category, and it can be said for a lot of these things where you're so used to hearing it, you don't think about it. I I will concede on American Girl. I have problems with free falling. Maybe it's maybe it's because like you know Tom Cruise. It's too sang much. Along it's, with it it's, been, it's been it's been done it's, to death, and so you lose. But what's I am in also it. the first person to say like, no, Blair Witch is a good movie. I don't care how many people like. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, it is it is one of the best songs he ever wrote, and he wrote a lot of fucking great songs. But that thing there, um, it sums up. A, another thing is, it is to California as Southern accent is to Florida. Um, it is a very particular place that he is talking about, and very particular kinds of people. That he is talking about. And so, yes, you can get something lost if you're not of that. But there is a desperation and there is a dichotomy between the two main characters in the song. The narrator who is singing it and the girl he is singing about that is just so familiar. It feels like, it, to me, that song is the same as... Uh, as Zip City. It it feels a lot like Zip City for me. Ooh. Yeah. And and you can see a lot of those a lot of that uh a lot of that um uh influence. In yeah, I'm too. a bad boy because I don't even miss her. <laughs> yeah, that means shit. That is awful, right? <laughs> well that's just the same song, right? <laughs> it it really is. Keep your draws on girl, it ain't worth the fight. That's the same thing. <laughs> Zip City by Drive My Truckers. Maybe maybe Mike Cooley will make an appearance in that uh, in that Patterson Hood concert we're going to see in December. Be still my heart. Um. So we, I didn't screw up Rebels too much. I just skipped by over Drive Full by Moon Truckers Fever be- on fucking King <laughs> of the Hill. <laughs> so I didn't I didn't screw up too much. I only thought it was. I only glossed over Full Moon Fever because that that is a solo album, not technically with the the, the Heartbreakers. So we are that was eighty nine. We skipped over that, <clears throat> and we already did Into the Great Wide Open. We are now in nineteen ninety four, which is the record that this is the first record that I bought of Tom Petty's, which was it was nineteen November first, nineteen ninety four wildflowers which a lot of my friends quoted i'm 34 years old a lot of my friends quoted and i was like 
man, you got to quote something earlier than that. And I was like, oh, damn, that was 94. Like, I, I bought this the same time I bought Weezer's Blue album. I bought Nirvana Unplugged in New York. I probably bought uh, Dookie, uh, Space Hog in the meantime. Uh, you were the one uh, person that actually, actually still had that record. <laughs> I love that fucking Space Hog record. Um there's a song called space hog on it but uh produced by rick rubin and of course tom petty and mike campbell because why not um this i i listened to the, the this this album twice today in its entirety there are so many more songs on this that are fucking fantastic than i realized wildflowers is good i i, I think a, a people like to quote it more than than it should be but this is you don't know how it feels time to move on you wreck me. It's good to be king. Only a broken heart. Honeybee. Can we talk about <laughs> honeybee when those drums kick in? Can we talk about motherfucking honeybee oh, honey when bee. those drums kick in? Oh, LaFonda. Oh, Iguana Party. Fucking yeah, honeybee. Oh, that. Honeybee. And then whenever I hear, whenever I hear, uh, uh, what's his name play honeybee at, uh, uh, at LaFonda, I, I gotta hear Cabin Down Below. <laughs> you do. Yes. So, but the thing is, what what always gets me is that, so you get to track 10, that's Cabin Down Below, and then there are some very, very slow songs that kind of make you kind of give up, but then Crawling Back to You, the next to last track, 14, that's that's where I lost it today. I was driving home, and I, I started crying underneath my sunglasses. While I was listening, crawling back to you, and I felt like the biggest douchebag in the history of the world, because not because the song's sad or anything, it kind of is, but <laughs> I just like, I was just happy. I was just happy that I was yeah. listening to it. Yeah, fucking cool guy. Fucking cool guy's got his shades on. <laughs> He's having himself a good cry. Nuts, <laughs> nuts, Un- unbelievably nuts. Um. Wildflowers, uh, Wildflowers was uh, uh, 1994, like I said, and it took damn near 96. 20 years to get to that record. <laughs> 25, yeah, yeah. fucking that's uh, insane. Then two years later, he just decides to write a damn soundtrack to a Jennifer Aniston rom com. It is good to be king. Grew up fast, zero from outer space, changed the locks. Uh, Asshole, which was actually written by Beck, that he did leaps and bounds better by Beck. Uh, Supernatural Radio, California is one of my favorite Tom Petty songs. I don't know if I'd put it in in the top three, but it's definitely a top ten. California's been good to me. I hope it don't fall into the sea. Um, And then Walls is... There's two different songs called Walls on that record and uh they're both good but the the second one is is fantastic you got a heart so big it could break this town i can't hold on forever even walls fall down he was good friends with ringo star <laughs> he's good friends with everybody <laughs> Isn't George Harrison like the caterpillar and yes. around here no more or something like that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I mean, like the Traveling Wilburys was. Can you believe your dad's? Top <laughs> it was as good as anything. 
Let's let's uh, uh, assuming that you're not too pressed for time, Hankins. Uh, let's save traveling Wilburys, and uh, I'll I'll run through the rest of this this disc- discography. But traveling Wilburys needs to be like at the end of this. Is I'm fine okay? with all this. Uh, so we get through Jennifer Aniston's. She's the one, uh, which I believe she starred opposite Jay Moore. <laughs> Um, and let's not forget, by the way, Tom Petty, while he's making, like, Last Dance with Larry, uh, Larry <laughs> Last James. Dance with Larry James. <laughs> when he's, when he, when he's, he's making the video for Last Dance with Mary Jane, Kim Basinger, who is ostensibly the hottest woman in the world at that point, is, is, is the dead girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, 99 is Echo, which, you know, I'm... I'm not going to lie, and I don't feel super bad about it, but this is where I, I start you know, falling away from it because I'm listening to far inferior music. But you know, this has Room at the Top. This has Counting on You. This has Echo, uh, Billy the Kid, um, but not a lot of singles no. from that. But that's where The Last DJ comes in at 2002. Which the last DJ itself is it's a great a song. Fucking great song. It is so good. And for me, there hasn't been aside from maybe like when a kid goes bad or like a diamond. There hasn't been a lot of tracks that are standouts. But it's something that I can have yeah. on. Yeah. Which is a lot more than I can say for <laughs> my my giants of old. Um, Highway Companion came out. I definitely bought that, but it was again. You know, one of those like Echo. Um, I don't think I can pick a lot of those songs out of the lineup. But I bet you there's a, a killer lineup. lurking in there somewhere. If you oh, went sure. back and listen to it now, I, I bet you there's them. one that will just grab you by the throat and shake the shit out of you. 2010 is the same. And it's like, <laughs> let's, let's put things in perspective here. Two, uh, 1976, we talked about how he put out seven albums, or I guess it was eight albums because I left out. Oh, no. Uh, okay. So seven albums in 11 years before, uh, Let Me Up. Um, eight in, in 13. Yeah, it's, I mean, this guy, she's the one, Echo, The Last DJ, Highway Companion, Mojo and Hypnotic Eye. He put out six records in eight years in between nine. Uh, 2006 and and uh, 2014. What is went down swinging on? I think that's on. Uh, I think that's on hypnotic. I think eye, it is I, too. Um, and it is. <laughs> it's as good. If you take your whatever your top ten is, it's a top twenty five. Or I'll tell you that right now. Oh no, it's on Echo. Okay, I thought I thought maybe it was on Echo because I feel like that was probably the last record I really dug into but is it god damn what is this song? but that's a that's a great song i mean it's as good as anything yeah. in the early pantheon and it still sounds like tom petty and the heartbreakers like sunny list no it's i like any song that references sunny liston by the way <laughs> <laughs> i mean they're oh god this guy and then of course like you mentioned he's he's a He's in the Traveling Wilburys, which is I'm I'm sorry there there's no other super group. Other this, than the most Wilburys. super of all the groups. The, ter- the term super group 
begins and ends. It lives and dies. Yeah, there's nothing. Universe. Nothing else is close. It's the most. The damn Yankee. The damn Yankees. Like that's not suck a it. thing. Chicken foot. Suck it. I don't want to hear about any of that. There's one super group, and it's the Traveling Wilburys. Whatever the nine super groups that uh, uh, Rage Against the Machine oh, that Soundgarden put, put together. <laughs> you can't put together multiple super groups when it's just you guys every time. R.I.P. Chris Cornell. Um, but, man, those – and those Wilburys records would – it was the same thing. I take that back. There is one other super group, and that's the Highway Men. But both of those had a very similar vibe to it. It was these mega stars individually that came together and just did a bunch of songs that were fun. There's not a ton of Traveling Wilbury songs that if they were just a single by any of them, that would be spectacular. But all yeah, of them together just having sorry. a good time, feel, you feel kind of like a fly on the wall. You feel like you shouldn't be hearing yeah, there's and, and and I think that's why uh what is the end of the yeah. line? Well it's uh Orbison had just died when the video that, came out and they just had that empty rocking chair. Oh. Empty rocking chair. I, I like I and I think that's what they were both with that and handle with care. In they that's what they were trying to that's what they were trying to portray. It's just, it was just having them. a good time. And then fucking Tweeter just, and the Monkey Man happens. <laughs> Were there, so I, I can't remember if he, if it was you or our friend Harrison who told me this, but Tweeter and the or uh, first of all, I, I was told that every song on that record was basically written within five no, or ten minutes no doubt. by Bob uh, yeah, Dylan. Sure, just Bob scribbling. I got a piece of paper writing something. More. <laughs> and... Uh, Twitter and the Monkey Man was just balls out making fun of Bruce Springsteen. Uh, of course it was. <laughs> it was Jersey. It was a story. It was all those. All those people sounded like Springsteen song or Springsteen characters. It's so and Petty fucking puts it over the top because he is the main voice you hear in the chorus. <laughs> and the walls came down. And I know that that fucking power walk down was his idea. But the thing is, so for some, like I had this cassette when I was a kid and I was, I was scared of the song because I was like, this is, I, I don't, I was like, I thought they were, they were monsters. <laughs> I thought like Tweeter and the Monkey Man were monsters. And I mean, I think I was six or seven years old and I was legitimately like, it was a horror movie. <laughs> and now it's my, it's my favorite song on, on, I guess this is volume yeah. one and there's volume three. I think this is volume one, but but when they're talking about <laughs> somewhere uh, outside of Jersey, they ran out of gas. I'm like, this is just a Bruce Springsteen song. <laughs> and the imagery of that song is like, I can see that bar. I can see the it's fucking so shout out TV. <laughs> they blew the TV out from the night that the monkey man was on it. I'm not fooled by tweeters curl. <laughs> Tweeters out there dressed like a fucking... Do a long time. Jersey girl. But no, so... to a tree. And the thing is... And the thing is... Uh, Dylan... Dylan put these songs out way... Like, the same exact song. Whether it was uh, Black Diamond Bay. Whether it was... Um, uh, Lily, Jack, and Diamond and the Hearts and Book of Cards and stuff like that. Whatever Distinctly that remember the first time I heard that and enjoyed it. <laughs> had always skipped past it. Never had given it a chance. Sitting in Jason's 
apartment in Nashville and the records is on like, you know what, I'm going to pay attention to this song. So I'm like, oh shit, this is great too. I mean, it's it, the. I mean, Dylan did the, this with the hurricane. I mean, this is hurricane this is his, and Tweeter and the Monkey his, Man. His storytelling honestly, thing. Do, there's a lot of those two songs that remind me of each other. Um, yeah, and it's it it's so funny because I mean I I'm not gonna lie I I, I love Tweeter and the Monkey Man. Love that Monkey Man. And I don't think it's entirely making fun of Bruce Springsteen. I think it's just like 55% making fun oh, of Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> but I I don't want to believe it's the majority because I still think it's a I fantastic, think it's a fantastic song. song. But, but again, I think it's a, a fantastic story made memorable. It turns into a pop song because of Tom Petty's voice in the chorus. If it was just Bob doing the chorus, or if it was Bob and George Harrison doing the chorus, or any combination, you need Petty's drawl over the top to to bring oh, yeah, home that sure. chorus, to turn it into a hook. Like he takes that part of it and puts a big old pop hook in there, and the next thing you know, this thing is something you remember forever. I mean, so I'm looking at you're, you're completely right. I I'm looking at okay. The Wikipedia entry for list of musical supergroups. Okay, um, Cream is Eric Clapton, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. All four of those names are in it. It's not a group. Blind Faith. That's Eric Clapton. Uh, Grand Funk Railroad. Don't know anybody uh, in that band. <laughs> me either. Um, Derek and the Dominoes. Just, just no Eric Clapton. Clapton. <laughs> ABBA is don't not a know. fucking supergroup. No. Sure, whatever. I don't know. Um, Journey, nineteen seventy-three. Understand that? A- appa- a- apparently, apparently, it is. What? The fuck. Bad Company. How is that a supergroup? Just thought group? that was a band. Armageddon. <laughs> All of these. I ju- Journey's just. That's a band. what I thought. The Blizzard of Oz. The Blizzard of Oz is just a, <laughs> and a couple touring guitarists. Um, <laughs> I don't know how Asia is a... I, maybe is somebody a from Queensryche was in it, man. I don't know. <laughs> Nick Cave and the Bad Seed is just Nick Cave and the Bad Seed. No, Nick Cave. I don't know who the Bad Seeds are. So, so like you said, the Highwaymen is... is when we, we get to 1985, the Highwaymen is where I will pause. Because you that can't is get around Johnny, Johnny Waylon Jones, Willie Nelson, Chris Christopherson. <laughs> It's funny because didn't Johnny Cash give Chris Christopherson like the or no the other way around Chris Christopherson gave him gave Johnny Cash the uh, the chance that's what I learned from Walk the Line <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah yes, yes Mike and the Mechanics and I'm know. like dude is Don Henley in that band Don Henley's in that band right Don Henley is Don not, not you band? have I I'm not lying to you. Sorry, this is a loose definition of, of uh, supergroups. Mike Rutherford, which is like the backup guitarist and backup vocals from Genesis. Paul Young from Sad Cafe. Paul Carrick from Ace, Squeeze, and Ro- Roxy Music. Adrian Lee and Peter Van Hook, who I don't know. Tin Machine, Bad English, Blue Murder, Alias, Traveling Wilburys, Mr. Big... Badlands, Electronic, Damn Yankees, Ringo Starr, and his all-star band. That's not, that's not just Ringo with his friends. <laughs> Temple of the Dog is where I think we stop because that is Chris Cornell. Temple of the Dog. Yeah, it's Cornell, it's better. It's Chris Cornell and Pearl Jam. <laughs> but, 
Yeah, that's just that's just Chris. Yeah. Oh, oh I'm sorry. The three tenors. Oh, okay. Fuck. So, as much as I hate it, because I want to. Oh, actually, uh, I might call the Foo Fight. No, no, no. No, it's no, Dave Grohl from Nirvana, and then four me, guys you've never heard of. <laughs> I would say because they had a uh, Pat Smear, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bring that on. But. So my and also I think the definition of a supergroup is a limited. I can't lifespan. wait till everybody waxes over all the great things we said about Tom Petty and gets angry at our definition of supergroup <laughs> <laughs> of, of Foo Fighters. Um, so even though I would love to do this for the rest of the night, I I think we should loop back to Petty with 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 final thoughts. I mean, I. I've, I only saw him once in concert, and it was something like 2002, 2003, and my friends and I snuck into the now-defunct Oak Mountain Amphitheater. We, we, we had tickets, but they were, like, the worst tickets ever. And we, we just randomly we, – we followed a group of very rich-looking people into the VIP tent and just kept our heads down and then kept walking – and uh, got like the back of the first tier in like the 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 first uh, yeah group um, in in uh, at Oak Mountain, and it was good. Uh, I my friend kept sh- my my friend kept shouting as he was singing along, which kind of ruined. The time oh, that's for terrible me. when someone and does it was that. too. <laughs> I mean, if we're, I mean, you know, God, have I done certainly that to not you? at a intimate show with Mike Cooley where he was singing songs off of his <laughs> his new record no, of his, all his... new songs. No, but I, I wasn't oh, shouting while I was singing. I was just shouting. But oh, go ahead, God. go ahead. I interrupted a moment. I just, I, I hope I didn't ruin that experience for you because it was a very good experience for me. It's no worse uh, than that time you made me now, see. Spoon. I, <laughs> They're playing Ninth Inning Club in DC. Uh, New Year's Eve, what the drive-by truckers used to do. But um, no, man, I I only saw him once, and I think it was really before I really like pulled into my my. You know, you can you can hear about Tom Petty and love Tom Petty. You know, ten years or any group or, or act ten ten years before you really get into him. I was definitely into him, but I didn't really hit my stride where I'm just listening to, like, Tom Petty all day, every day. Uh, until probably, like, 04, 03, something like that. And maybe that concert was was what got me to it. But, um, I mean, like I said before, I it, it really kills. And I, I have Tom Petty looking at me right now in a, in a video. I don't know what the hell I'm even looking at. Uh, oh, it's the Good to Be Gang video. Apparently, I've never even seen this. And, you know, nothing can take Tom Petty away from us. And that is what helps me now. And again, I'm not trying to be overly dramatic or anything like that. But I never thought, I mean, if you were to tell me this time last week that Tom Petty would die and you're going to cry and uh, about to be a fourth time, um, I would have called you an idiot. And if you were to tell me that 
Tom Petty would have died the same day that we would have had the worst, ma- the biggest mass shooting in the history of our country. Um, I probably would have thought I would have more perspective, mm-hmm. but I, I think I, I texted to Hankins uh, on Monday and I said, you know, it seems silly to opine on one life when, you know, at the time, I think it was 50 or 51, now it's 59, um, that, uh, you know, when, when something like Las Vegas happened and uh, Hankin said very, with, with great clarity, uh, you know, un- unfortunately, mass murder is very frequent in our country and uh, genius like Tom Petty is very rare, which doesn't necessarily excuse my feelings, which I don't know if they need to be excused, but uh, that definitely put it in perspective, which is, you know, both sad and beautiful uh, to think of both things that happened that day. But like I said, you know, when it's, whether it's Tom Petty or, I mean, shit, if you really liked that Orlando singer that was from The Voice who died the day before our previous most worst mass shooting 16 months ago, uh, October 2016. Um, Nothing can ever, (laughs) nothing can really take us, take them away from us. Um, And, and, and that's, I mean, I know that if, if, if I live right and I make right, the good decisions, and if I'm on my deathbed, you know, peacefully passing away, I'm going to be certainly thinking about my loved ones, both blood related and, and, and otherwise. But I'm going to be thinking of the joy that people like Tom Petty brought me. I think my experience with seeing Petty was exactly like yours, that I didn't really appreciate it as it was going on. Like, yeah, I know all these songs, but, you know, you just didn't. It, it came at the wrong time. I didn't appreciate it. And yeah. he was just the guy whose songs that heard the radio. The songs are great, you know, and all that, but you don't have that understanding of at the time I was in my musical journey, as it were. Um, I didn't know because I was, I was just getting started in anything with a guitar. And I'm like, yeah, Tom Petty. I know this guy. He's on the radio. Um, but <laughs> as you, as you like, you, you lay it all out in front of you. And then you finally hear that song that, that cuts through and it, and it blows you up and you understand that, oh, he is more than just cool radio song guy. Um, you understand that what he was able to accomplish oftentimes with three or four chords and a very simple verse, chorus, verse structure is... Yeah as close a thing to magic as you will witness in your life. And that is, that is his quote, right? (laughs) You know, that's it. He is, he is the magician who was able to do all this, um, with, without, without falling into the traps of many of his peers without trying to get too big. And I don't mean big like a star. I mean big like, oh, let's add this production and let's do this and let's do that. No, let's keep it. Let's. I always think of Spooner Oldham, who is a Muscle Shoals musician, um, and he was playing a, a session with somebody, and 
and they they asked Spooner to to do a little more on the song. Like Spooner had played some very uh, scant, just a minimalist piano on this song, and they said, "Spooner, could you do a little more?" And Spooner said, "Well, if you want me to put some of that Star Wars shit on it, I can, but that's not what the song wants." <laughs> and Tom Petty was very good at not putting Star Wars shit on things that didn't where it didn't belong. And I can't think of ten more people who put their thumb on music the way he did. This is we are we are slowly but surely checking off the list of the great ones. Um, Dylan remains, Which is <laughs> um, Springsteen remains, you know, Springsteen will, has this impact on people. Um, and honestly, if I'm being honest, he may be the last one. He may be the closest thing to Petty that remains. There will be people who cry endlessly and, and feel exactly how you feel right now for Springsteen. So I say all that to say this. Don't just let great music wash over you because you've heard it a thousand times. You could have heard a song 999 times in a row. But if you listen closely on the thousandth time, you might understand that you are missing something thus far. And, you, and you're always going to win that gonna thousand, win that thousand. That hundredth game. <laughs> um, which, which I think Hankins... Uh, and, you know, I I don't know whether you were courting him or not or if you just thought the way Tom Petty is, I think, equally or as as possible with you when it comes to you. But um, uh, he has this quote that I'll get into in, in just one second. But, you know, our, our friend and listener, uh, Amber, um, asked me the other, the other week, what is that song that you uh, – that you led into that's discussing with and I was like that's a Birmingham band <laughs> called Vulture Whale and they're on Spotify you should listen to them and the thing is all of these bands Vulture Whale Drive by Truckers Dexatines all, all these bands whether or not we like them or there are other ones that if, if, if they touch you that's great um, all of them have the potential to be something like this um, and thank God that Tom Petty was in a time where he was able to convince the right people to give him the right opportunities. Um, he said, uh, "Music is probably the only ma- music is probably the only real magic I have encountered in my life. There's there's not some trick involved with it. It's pure and it's real. It moves." It heals, it communicates, and does all these incredible things. And I think that's where we leave it. Thank you, Tom Petty, for everything. And I'm sorry I am a crying bitch for this song, for this episode. Hankins, take us out. This has been a very special episode of That's Disgusting. Something, something, something podcast. Listen to us wherever you found this one. And more importantly, listen to some fucking music. Goodbye. <laughs>